0: This being the eve of a new year, so 2 Peter chapter 3 is where we are looking, 2 Peter chapter 3, I'm still flipping there myself, there we go, oops, that can be found on page 861 inside of your pew Bibles, 2 Peter chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 2 and read through verse 14, so 2 Peter Chapter 3, verse 2 through 14. <clears throat> oh, how do I, do I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? So it's the eve of a new year and of course there's no secret that it's going to be a very different year for all of us. Changes here at Faith, changes for my family, and even changes throughout the world as there's regime changes, elections, epidemics, pandemics, wars, miracles, and God's hand at works in ways that we could never have anticipated. We go through trial after trial. And if we endure them, we, we ought to take away lessons as well. And these lessons that we learn from God will last us in eternity. Our God is an awesome God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing is more reassuring to us than our Heavenly Father reigning from on high. And in light of our present trials... I'm firmly convinced that the most important lesson that we can have is simply to remember. Simply to remember. Because how tragic it is when we forget. What despair brings us to walk away from God's blessings because we lose focus on what God has done for us. Forgetting can be the cause of much pain. And in this past week, I had an appointment actually set up to uh, take my car in. It was to be an early morning appointment. So before I went to bed, of course, I had it in my mind. You need to wake up, and the first thing you need to do, get out of bed, get around, and get that car into the shop. Now, my alarm, ironically, is set to the song of, uh, bang on the Drums and if you're unfamiliar with that song the way that it goes and by the way it's the Packers Touchdown theme music other people are stealing it now, which is not fair But that's aside from the point name of the song is Bang on the Drums and the way the song goes is I Don't wanna work. I wanna bang on my drum all day And so forth and it goes on like that. So my reaction was I reached over to the alarm I shut off the alarm and I went back to sleep because what went through my mind was, I don't work today. What am I doing getting up so early? So I shut off the alarm. Well, after a few hours of shut eye, I was abruptly awakened by the buzzing of another alarm. <laughs> and I almost ignored it, ignored it until the question came through my mind is, don't you have something to do today? And then it dawned on me, oh, yes, the car appointment. So I had a teeny tiny bit of time to be able to get out of bed, to get around and to take the car into the shop and by the way when you get up at the last minute you can you would not believe what ends up happening to you. cars break down literally right in front of you in the turn lane that you need to take and on top of that i go to take a left turn onto a street that i normally don't take but i know that it's faster to get to where i was going construction can you believe that <laughs> never ceases to fail so forgetting can cause a lot of pain even in these simple matters and if something like that can cause pain. Forgetting about a simple car appointment, then what must forgetting about God do to us? What kind of suffering can that cause us? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 2 says, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Second Peter 3 5 says, They deliberately forget that long ago. By God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And then 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9 says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So what was it that the Apostle Peter was wanting the people back in that day and for us to remember? What was it that he was saying that some people would eventually try to forget? He started this passage by urging us to recall the words of the prophets and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have to say, within the Western Church, we've reached kind of a a crossroads in the West. The church has been faced, I would say, using the crossroads sort of example, with four directions that we could potentially go as a whole. The church can go to the left. And going to the left is the choice to blatantly forget God's word and to build a church based on cultural trends instead of what God tells us to do. And many churches have chosen this already and have proven that it ensures the destruction of their organizations. What about to the right? We can go to the right, correct? I almost said right, right? That would have been kind of funny. But we, we could go to the right. And our assumption immediately is, well, to the right must be the opposite to the left, correct? Because they are opposite directions. But
1: no, not really.
0: Instead, if you look at it in terms of like what we see in the right, you know, in manner of speaking in political terms, the conservative church versus the liberal church, And this being the right in that respect, what oftentimes gets said is, well, we want to still believe in God's word, but we don't want to offend anybody. We want our churches to look like the world, but not necessarily be the world. So we'll preach the forgiveness of sins because everybody likes hearing about the forgiveness of sins, but we may not tell you what a sin is. Going to the right in that respect is toxic within the church. It practices a form of godliness, but it lacks any sort of power. Well, maybe a good direction, I know you're going to say, yeah, that's ironic, is, uh, is backwards. Who <laughs> would choose backwards? Uh, we could go backwards. You know, kind of like what the Israelites did when they left Egypt and they started grumbling like, you know what? Back in Egypt, we had it good. The food there was excellent. And you know what? We never had to wonder about what our days were going to be like, but out here we are wandering in the desert. We don't know what to expect day by day. Well, in the respect of backwards as it relates to the church, I would say that, um, that we recognize, of course, that we've been at, unshackled from captivity. But instead of taking the liberties given to us by God that we are no longer bound to by the law, but rather that we are under the law of grace, that instead what going backwards does is it forces us to make a bunch of rules that will shelter us from the world. In other words, let's create rules that are going to make us look strange, act strange, and let's hold to a bunch of rules that aren't even promoted inside of the Bible. In fact, on that note, Let's cherry pick scripture to even justify some of these bizarre things that we end up doing. Going backward may preserve the church for a little bit, but it wouldn't last long and it wouldn't help anyone. And of course, the logical conclusion we can go forward. The funny thing about moving forward is it is the easiest of these options. It is going forward in respect that your eyes are fixed. Ahead. And all that requires for us as a church is adherence to God's Word. Moving ahead with the full counsel of Scripture and becoming students of God's holy Word. Reading, praying, working, growing, repenting, forgiving, whatever God commands, we shall do. Against such a church, the gates of hell cannot prevail. 2 Peter 3 speaks with the full counsel of Scripture. For instance, Peter wanted to remind people of God's Word. Because within God's Word, you can see how God has worked and what He intends to do in the future. What His plans, what His works are leading up to. So remember the Holy Scriptures. What sorts of things in the past did Peter want us to remember? The things that he noted? Well, First of all, he said creation, and that goes pretty simple enough, because if we don't remember that God is a creator, who do we believe God to be? And then, the judgment of the flood. Now, why on earth would Peter want to remind us of the judgment of the flood? Well, because it was a worldwide judgment. And leading up to that, only one family was spared, because only one family was wise enough to remember the Lord their God. Likewise, another judgment is coming. We learn this in the scriptures. It will come like a thief in the night, unexpectedly, without warning. question then comes, so why hasn't it happened yet? After all, people back then were forgetting and walking away from God's word, and today we see people forgetting and walking away from God's word. We see churches intentionally walking away from the Bible and denying what it says. We even see people saying that God's hand was not active in creation. God did not really judge the world with the flood. All things go on as they have since the beginning of creation. So where is this judgment that God promised long ago? And in conclusion, well, I guess it just isn't going to happen. Oh, Peter took odds with that. Peter wanted everybody to know that, well, you got something coming to you because it really is going to happen. So Peter said, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason we have not seen the judgment yet is not because it isn't going to happen. It's because God sees time differently than we do, and on top of that, he is gracious. He wants as many people to repent and to turn to him as possible. So when we grumble about the state of the world as it is, and I'm very much guilty of that myself, the fact that we are still here should tell us there is someone out there that needs to be saved. God is waiting for every last person that He has called to be saved. So, we've looked at what people have forgotten about the past and what people fail to believe about the future. What does Peter say that we should remember for the moment? Let's read verse 14 again. It says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Then the first half of 15, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. I believe that God speaks to us very personally personally. Through his words. But I'm going to say it's kind of a generalization of what Peter was saying in this passage. If you are struggling to know what to do in our crazy culture where up is down and left is a bologna sandwich, <laughs> Peter gives us a roadmap. Peter gives us a roadmap. He says, Be found spotless blameless and at peace with God in Jesus Christ. Don't feel guilty that you aren't doing something that you see everybody else doing, that what everybody else is saying is so important. Don't feel guilty that you aren't the leader of some great movement because God is the one who calls leaders. Don't feel guilty that you aren't some sort of revolutionary. God knows when revolution is necessary and he'll bring it about in his timing. Don't feel guilty when you, are up to, when you aren't up to speed with the cultural trends, the spirit of the day, or even the psychology behind reaching some of the groups that have been created as a result of political divisions. Quite frankly, nobody can keep up with that stuff. Yet none of it surprises God. Your calling in a word is holiness. Be holy as God is holy. You can be pure. You can be spotless. You can be blameless. But don't think that means that that by doing those things, you're going to receive the acceptance of the world. It's taken me quite a while to fully grasp what Jesus said that if the world hated him, well, it's also going to hate you. So don't be surprised when the world hates you and levels horrendous accusations against you, those things don't matter. What matters is that we remain holy. Why? Well, first of all, it's just simply commanded inside the scriptures. Secondly, going back to a former point, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And sometimes I wonder If God allows the darkness in our world so that we as his followers remember that so that we remember that when it gets dark so to speak that we say but God will return Christ will return because nothing reminds us that he is coming back more than the darkness of our day but the darkness also reminds us that he isn't ready (coughs) There are still lost souls that he wants to save. What does the road look like ahead? And of course, we do know the end of the book. We know what Revelation says. We know the conclusions of where everything is going. But for you and I and our personal journeys, I really don't know. Because the roadmap doesn't tell us about what's going to happen along the way. It only gives us the route. So things might happen that transform us into something that we could never have dreamed. That is all up to God. Our calling is to be pure and blameless. Our calling is always to remember him. Please bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we know that you are faithful yesterday, today, and forever. And Father God, as we move into this new year, with all the new journeys we're going to be embarking on, we know that we can rest our anchor upon you, knowing, Lord, that we have a firm foundation. And that no one, no one of us can be shaken so long as we remain in you. That we abide by your word. So, Father God, I pray that you press it upon our hearts to be faithful to you. To follow you in all your ways. To love you with our whole hearts and strength and minds. Father God, I pray that as we go from here today, Lord, that our thoughts be fixed on you. We remember what you've done in the past for us. And we look forward to the things that you have in the future. Strengthen us for the journey. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.